Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode, Interaction, Use the Tools. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, did you have a good weekend, my friend? I had a very good weekend. You know, uh, I, I got to go to an event where uh, we saw Matt Dusk, who is a crooner in, uh, at a charity event for the St. Michael's uh, Boys Choir School in Toronto. And it was so lovely, although they didn't have air conditioning. And uh, we were very grateful that it was a cool night in Toronto uh, because if it would have been earlier on the week, we'd have been sweating. We were sweating as it was, but it was great. And then Father's Day, uh, went out for breakfast at Kerr Street uh, Cafe. I don't know if you've been there. I have. I have. Oh, my nice. goodness. Yummy, yummy. And then uh, did some visits on Sunday. My aunt, uh, Josette's father, my my father, we had a celebration. And I was telling a uh, Alistair that uh, my little uh, great-niece, decided she wanted to open up a spa. Uh, so a part of that spa was uh, painting uh, toenails. And so um, I, this is the first time I announced to the public that I, I've never had uh, uh, a toenail um, uh, paint on my toes before, but uh, my, uh, my uh, brother-in-law, the grandfather, um, the, the nephew, or the, which is the great uncle, and then the great, great uncle, me, all have fuchsia toes. She was quite pleased with herself uh, and made uh, 25 cents each uh, to have it done. So, uh, And I can attest to this because Greg couldn't wait to kick off his shoes and show me his painted toes. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I was laughing telling my friends I have brown sandals and I said, it, they just pop now. <laughs> so anyways, hey, it's great because I can uh, – uh, someone uh, someone said, oh, well, you have to wear shoes. And I said, well, I'm going to wear sandals. This is Pride Month. I can celebrate and, uh, you know, uh, along with my daughter Danica. So it's awesome. Now, did you sing at uh, St. Michael's Choir School concert? I did not. Uh, because you have a voice. Your father is a very good singer. He is a very good singer. I, I thought at one point that he was going to come and uh, he did walk towards just that night. I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be singing uh, Mac the Knife or something like that, which I don't know all the lyrics. But So, so why did uh, we have to contract out our opening uh, little music bit here for this? Uh, why yeah. didn't we just get you uh, on a mic and... Uh, do the opening for us. Well, you know what, hidden talent. Maybe, uh, maybe talking not ranting two point uh, five. We will have an introductory uh, so song, and maybe you can write the lyrics, and I'll sing it. Sure, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> maybe we're gonna have to do that. Uh, hidden talents. Hidden talents. That's it. Um, that's what we're known for. Hidden talents. Mm -hmm. um, let's get to work here. Uh, Greg and I have both been managers for big chunks of our career. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark, and we're always going to start at the perspective of the employee, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a really good discussion, and I think we're going to have a really good discussion today because we're falling into you know one of your wheelhouses here and something that I've been uh, dabbled in a little bit, so I think this is going to be a good conversation. I think so too. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about tools and there are a lot of tools out there and I'm going to share a couple of ones that I really like, but there's tons. And, uh, I, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, in these kinds of assessments and tools to create self-awareness and other awareness. So I'm looking forward to it. So our theme, our topic today is interaction, use the tools. So let's set this up. 
you have had several interactions with your manager, alone or in a team setting, and you experience some or all of the following. Why doesn't it work well? Why do they react that way? They don't seem to have me figured out at all. Why don't things ever go smoothly? The changes my boss is instituting are unsettling to me. Why don't people come with a roadmap or at least an advisory? And I need help. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Well, I'll tell you that he actually in the last uh, month, I've had three sessions where I leverage a tool to help teams understand each other and, and also individuals understand themselves. I've got three more scheduled over the next couple of weeks. And uh, in particular right now, uh, because we've all been remote, there's a lot of new people, there's transitions happening. Uh, it's hard to understand each other. And when we're going through stress and strain, which many of us are going through these days, often some of our innate approaches in that uh, accelerate, amplify. And that often creates more and more um, confusion, sometimes frustration, um, and definitely doubt and stress. And, and it really makes things ineffective. And we can get in our heads because we're interpreting each other back and forth. And until we have some pathway for interpretation or dialogue, it can get pretty crunchy. So let's talk a little bit before we get into the questions and the common sense. Let's talk about some of the tools. And I'm, I know that you are licensed or trained to use two of them. And I've actually uh, taken two of them as well uh, with your sister, actually. So what are some of the tools to assist us in dealing with each other and also as well change? So I've, I've known Enneagram, Colby, and EQI. That's the other one? Yes. Are that's these right. the three that you use or do you use more? You know, I'm, I'm certified in about eight of them, actually. Um, you know, there's, there's some that are people probably know that are common, DISC, uh, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, um, Hogan, um, uh, all kinds of different ones that are out there that many people have used and found. But my three kind of go-to favorites are the ones that you've talked about, the Enneagram, Colby, and the EQI tool, which is an emotional intelligence tool. And in particular, I find these three to be really helpful, um, mostly because they, uh, they are um, fairly simple, although they go from simple to deeper. Colby would be the simplest. EQI would be, emotional intelligence would be the next more complicated but deeper. And then the deepest tool is the Enneagram. Um, and we can talk a little bit about each of those, but uh, they're all great unveilers of not just um, some of the other tools I talked about are how do we behave, how do we show up, how do people see us. These tools really uh, help us dig deep as why do we show up the way we show up. And I like to dive a little bit deeper because uh, understanding at the core allows you to better understand your reactions and what's motivating you and what's bubbling up. And those ones are really really key for me. And so I'm using a lot of these today, today. So why don't, before we get into some of the common sense stuff, you explain what they're used for, because I actually brought props. I have my uh, uh, Enneagram description page and I have my Colby index, which shows me as being in transition. And when I took that Colby, I was actually in a job uh, transition. So I think that's kind of cool. So why don't you explain what the three of them are and that, that way it's going to help me review what these two forms are because after this is over, I might have to get Greg to read it over for me and explain this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I found at the time they were very insightful and although there was a couple things I didn't quite agree with, 
overall, I found them really helpful in understanding what was going on with me and the Enneagram, especially on how I was relating to some of the people that I was working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what uh, what I really like about them. And each of these tools that I talked about also have a team document normally, and it shows how the, ener- the collective energy comes together, and that's even more important. So I'll talk about each of them really quite quickly. The Colby is really unique tool that is simple and focused on how we action and how we problem solve. So some of these tools cover a whole bunch of things. Um, Colby is very narrow in that it, but what's great about that is it's really simple. Uh, so basically the Colby philosophy is that it's innate, it doesn't change over time, and that there are four modes in which you, you um, uh, take action and solve problems. Those are fact finder, that's how you gather facts um, and share facts. There's uh, follow through, which is how you organize those facts. Quick start, how you uh, deal with uncertainty and risk. And then implementer, which how you relate to social or sorry, spatial and physical things. So basically, we all do things different. And the idea behind the, the uh, Colby is that uh, you want to find your innate way. So some of us like lots of data and like to put plans together. Uh, and don't like change. Uh, some of us love change and uh, don't like facts and uh, don't really follow plans that well. So they're all unique. And what happens with this is that when you understand and align to however your innate way is, you save energy, you have greater impact and focus. And often what folks find themselves in jobs or, or organizations working in ways that are against who they innately are. So they can do it, but they get tired, they burn out. So this is one of the ways in getting that to understand. So that's Colby. Um, uh, and it, it's, you, you've done it. And yours was interesting because when you do it, you, you were in transition, you mentioned it. And it's such a sensitive tool that if someone is going through significant change, it will pick that up and it'll say, hey, take a pause. Um, here's some things to think about, uh, come back and take the tool in three months. And that's what happened to you, right? Yeah, I got a special mention uh, in the quick start area, I got the star. Yes. And uh, on top of it goes, of my form, it goes transition, which I was actually in at the time, which, you know, that's what I was dealing with. I was still at my former employers getting ready to go and and dealing with all the stuff that goes on with that. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, when you know, and even the transition tool, the report that comes out, it has great questions to say, as an example, are you more of this or are you less of this? So it allows you to almost self-select where you are, but then you redo the tool down further. But I think this is fantastic. And again, I've done this recently with three teams. Uh, two of those teams were in significant stress. They had been through so much challenge through COVID, uh, were, were made up of a lot of new p- players and were really struggling. And I was just shocked by the power of, first of all, uh, I usually do individual debriefs, so they kind of understand it. And, you know, walking through it with them really is helpful. But then as a team, when you talk about it and you say, oh, so you, this is how you innately, oh, that's why. Because when you do that, it drives me nuts. And I think I've told you and others in this that when my wife and I have done all of these tools, uh, it, it says these people should not be together because we're so different. Uh, but we've been married 35 years. Um, and, uh, but the, the key is to difference is great. If you value each other, if you honor each other's gifts and tap into each other, that doesn't mean you won't peeve each other off because you will. And we do, but mostly 
we just really value and appreciate our differences. So talk about the Enneagram, because this is the one that really fascinated me because it, it, it kind of explained to me, helped me understand who I am. And more importantly, as I looked around the people around my little circle where I had to work in, in areas where there's some stress or there's some misunderstanding or like, what is, who is this person? It, it helped me to realize who they are mm-hmm. and that, you know, that I was probably causing them some stress and irritation as well because of who I am. And to me, it, it, it was just a really good exercise in, in really taking a note of who's around you and how, you know, the people that you have to deal with and, and, and how you might be showing to them and how they're showing to you and, and how you have to work these things out and understand, you know, just understanding is, is the first huge, huge step. Yeah. Yeah. So the Enneagram is probably my favorite tool for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's 3,000 years old. So anything that's been 3,000 years old and is found in multiple traditions has got to have some resonance of truth, right? So uh, I, I think I've, I've uh, told folks that there's a book called The Odyssey by Homer, and they visit nine islands, and the nine islands are the nine types in the tool. So that's just kind of cool. The second thing is it's a mathematical formula for growth in the tool. So although you might be a type, uh, it provides... Uh, really four pathways for significant growth. Um, so I'll give you an idea. The, the Enneagram, the, uh, the idea behind the Enneagram is when we're born, stuff happens. And we react to that stuff when we're young. And it might be something big. It might be something not big. Our environment. Our environment. Something occurs that, that makes us feel um, uh, kind of invaded. And we tap into an innate gift that we have in order to respond to that. Uh, so the different types have different things, and, and there's an emotional, a fear that usually occurs, and you tap into it. So some people, you, um, uh, you're a five, right? Yep. So um, Quiet specialist. Quiet sp- I've never been told that I was quiet, but I'm fine with that. But what the quiet specialist is, is someone who, uh, whatever happened made them feel unsafe, and a quiet specialist, their innate gift is questions, seeking information, finding out knowledge. So they're quick, they're learners, they investigate, they're, because their idea is the more knowledge I have, the more safe I'll be, the more resources I'll be able to protect myself. So just understanding that um, helps you understand how you approach things and how you approach others. I'm in the same thinking center. I'm a seven, so I'm also about being safe. But my innate way of being safe is by being an optimist by looking at the positive, by reframing things, by avoiding anything that is look, look scary and filling myself up and always having options that I can escape routes kind of thing that I can go, that's how I respond. So we are reacting to the same thing, but what motivates us is, is completely different and how we show up is different. So there's nine types. Um, and uh, what I love about this is, again, I said there's a growth opportunity. So there's, there's things called wings, which are basically the numbers on each side, which you have access to the strengths of those and also the, uh, the, the unhealthiness of those too. So you got to be aware of that. And then they have these things called lines, which are mathematical formulas that lead you to areas which are often tough to go to, and maybe as you're younger, uh, were, were felt that those weren't good things to learn that you can tap into. But by knowing yourself, this is, this, is, this is about understanding what's motivating me and how I've created this pathway of, of being a five in your case or a seven in my case, and recognizing that that's not all I, who I am. I have access to all these other strengths, uh, that if I choose to grow and learn and try new things, 
I become a fuller person. So I love this tool because it really is not just the narrow of how I action things. It actually looks at all kinds of things. And there's a deep report about conflict, about feedback, about influencing, so much things that helps you understand. And I swear that everybody who's done this says, oh my goodness, how did this, per- how did this report pull out this, this truth that I've never told anybody about? And what I like about this is like, you and I are very different people. And yet this, if everything goes right, this is episode 99 and we've got a bunch of side projects and stuff like this. What I like about this is, is the, the awareness that it, uh, that rises up in with you. So, you know, you're looking at who you are, how you interact with other people and stuff like this. And so what I found from doing this, this more than the Colby, although I really like the Colby, what I liked about this one is that there's an awareness. Okay. I'm now working with a new person. So mm. I got to remember what I'm like, and now I got to figure out kind of, if they're not taking the test, then I have to figure out, you know, how are we relating to each other and, and trying to figure out what's important to them and, and where they're, um, you know, they've got walls up and stuff like this. So I really like this because number one, it helps me to understand myself a bit, but it also just where, you know, rises up in me that I need to be aware of this other person and realize they're not me. And just figure out, you know, be very conscious and deliberate and caring about dealing with them to try to figure them out so that we can work together. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so important because, you know what, basically we all are uh, almost created out of fear. Something happens and we respond to it, right? And that fear can overtake us and it can help us really get strong. And often the types are things that we can get really strong, but how we approach things, we we become over-dependent upon a way in which we think is the way we need to be. Call it ego, call it... Uh, our way, whatever that is, but it can be really, uh, it can be helpful, but it's not all you are. And, you know, uh, you just had a great description there of how knowing me helps me show up with difference. I talked again about Josette, my wife, she's a six on the Enneagram. So she comes in the same thinking center as you and I, but her way of dealing with it is to, she has an innate ability to see all the things that can go wrong and to then quickly figure out solutions to protect herself. Uh, She's very loyal, but it takes a while to be uh, loyal and going forward. So you imagine there's this couple living in a house, one who sees everything that could go wrong and figures out the solution. And the optimist. And living with the optimist (laughs) who sees nothing and doesn't even want to go close to anything that goes wrong. So it can be really crunchy. And, uh, but when you really recognize the gift that she brings and the gift that I bring, we are perfectly complemented to uh, to live a life together. Um, uh, but if you don't choose to value again and to recognize and to tap in and grow, you know, it can be crunchy. And I think that's what all these tools, tools do. EQI is the same one. It's emotional intelligence. And if there's anything we need more these days is emotional intelligence. The EQI 2.0 tool that I use is really about understanding how I leverage emotions or don't leverage emotions to show up. And boy, oh boy, there is so much emotion in the workplace. It is also a great tool because, again, it's understanding where do I overuse something? Where do I underuse something? And how do I grow and strengthen these? So these three, three tools are so important. I'm a big believer on self-awareness and other awareness is what's going to make our world better. And it certainly makes organizations better. And your upfront description of, uh, you know, what a situation could be like at work is often beautifully helped through just a simple self, uh, self-awareness and also sharing of, oh, 
now I get it. You're not just doing that to peeve me off. That's innately who you are. And now that I know innately what you are, how do we leverage, sometimes meet in the middle, sometimes shift more towards you, sometimes shift more towards me to best do what we do together? Pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, so let's talk about some common sense things as a manager. And I think we've probably covered some or all of these, but I think uh, kind of nailing down on specific things will be very, very helpful. Uh, know the people you have working for you, uh, for you and with you. How they work and deal with issues is important. So, you know, if you have one of these tools, that's great. If you don't, it's just something I think you have to keep in mind because not everybody's the same as you. They don't read your mind. You can't read their mind. And uh, I think you really have to know people. You have to try to get to know them. I agree. And, you know, tools aren't the be end all. End all. Um, but what they often do is they provide common language. And if you have a tool that you're using in your organization, it provides that common language. The one watch out is that you don't want to box people in and say, oh, Alistair is a five. So Alistair is going to do like this because we're really they're growth tools. It doesn't mean you're one thing. It's innately who you are. And, you know, we're made up of complicated things. In the Colby, they talk about the three parts of the mind the thinking part, which is the cognitive, you know, what I'm learning, my IQ, my experiences, the affective, what I'm feeling, what I value, what my preferences are. And then conative is this how I innately action, instinctually do things. Well, put those three together. That's a lot of stuff. And you talk about diversity in the workplace and really understanding it's more complex, but the more you have some common language and openness and awareness to talk to, boy, it makes things so much easier. And know who you are and how you work. It's interesting taking the Enneagram. Uh, there was a suggestion there that I prefer kind of to be alone when I work. And I, don't, I do like that. But I, I actually value working in partnerships and small teams. And that's something I've learned over time that is very important to me. And so even the exercise of taking this and thinking about uh, who you are and what you do, uh, like how is anybody else going to know? If you don't kind of have an idea of what, what makes you tick a little bit and what makes, you know, ticks you off or, or, you know, what's your sweet spot or even how, if you're talking to somebody, do you want that physically set up? And I, I just think it's, it's, it's easier for people to deal with you if you know who you are. Yeah. And, you know, I always say I, I coach a lot of people through my executive coaching practice and also do a lot of uh, team dynamics and performance team. And I often say to the leaders, start with yourself. Because, you know, there's so much power, you know, if you're a new leader, but even you're an existing leader. I was coaching someone last week and uh, leveraging the Enneagram, and um, she took the Enneagram, and she said, she went to her team and said, I want to share, I just did this tool, and here's the things that I, you know, was discovered and, and I really felt were true about me, and here's why I do this, and here's what I, my intention is trying to do it. It opened up so many things because... You know, the, you know the, the airline, there's the black box that holds all the secrets and that type of thing. Well, this is like opening the black box and allowing people to really understand who you are. And as a leader, um, you know, they're talking about the power of vulnerability. Well, actually saying, hey, here's what I'm discovering. Here's what I know are, I believe are my innate strengths. And I bring here are some things that are my growth edges that I'm trying to focus on. I want your help in doing it. That opens the possibilities and... Uh, builds the connections between you and your team. Well, we're, we're, you know, one of the suggestions we have here is it's great to have tools to work through together and at the same time. And like, like say you're a partner in some firm with somebody else and you've been kind of thrown together by circumstance and this is going to be a long-term thing and maybe the first couple of months is a little rough as you get to know each other. 
you know, having somebody come in and, and you working through these things together and then presenting them, mm-hmm. uh, as you kind of described, uh, I think is a good investment, Greg. I mean, you know, if you're going to be working together, especially for a long time and, and maybe in a stressful situation where there might be competing interests and you're very different people, uh, it's probably worth the price of admission to have somebody come in and, and work through this. And, and you as a team, especially if let's say there's two partners, uh, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you spend that time and do it and just get a better understanding of yourself and the other person? And I, I just think it's, uh, probably a very beneficial thing to do. I agree. And there's two things that are relevant for me. One is right now we're coming out of this really mad period called COVID where, where everyone's separate and maybe some people are still working from home and COVID and it has been really painful for people. So I would say that of the six or so uh, team sessions that I've done over the last few months using one of these tools, part of the reason why organizations have decided to do that is uh, to give back to feed back into their people and help people understand not only who they are, but how I respond to things, how I'm reacting to things. And it's so helpful to almost renew energy and build resilience and that type of thing. The other thing I would say is that some of these tools are used specifically to help design high-performance teams. So Colby in particular has been used for NASA to put together the best uh, uh, crew for their flights and uh, the US Army uses it, some basketball teams have used it because it's, it's all about leveraging uh, the unique differences and how do you blend those together, opposites really, to build a complementary team that is going to be able to tap into each other and move forward. So you're right, it's an, it's an amazing opportunity. And care or be thoughtful uh, with your fellow employees. I think, you know, by, at least being self-aware, if not taking one of these programs and, and subscribing to it, uh, I just think is thoughtful because you do want to work well with people and, you know, you don't want to be a curmudgeon that wants everybody to kind of switch to your way of doing things. You want to be able to work together. I think it's just very thoughtful to take some steps to understand yourself and understand other people so that you can work together. Cause we've all worked for tyrants that just expect you to do it their way and they don't give a crap about anything. But I think this is, you know, even the you know, approaching this is saying, listen, I'm taking this thing and this is what I'm doing. And I'm inviting you guys to take this as well. And I'm doing this cause I, I, I want to be able us to work well together to understand each other. And, you know, some of us don't know each other. Some of us may have a history, but I just think it's really important that we, uh, you know, I care about you guys and I, I want to be able to work well with you. And so this is the journey I'm going to undertake. And, I, you know, and maybe you invite them to take that journey with you. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is hold it lightly. Uh, you know, again, don't put people in boxes. Oh. Um, have a great dialogue around and say, so I, I often ask these three questions uh, when, uh, for, for folks to think about before we have the debrief. What resonates for you as true? What doesn't resonate as true? And how knowing this, these insights will help you connect better with yourself and with others. And usually I get them to dig through that. And we will often come through and people will say, you know, that this, um, I mean, some people will come, especially the Enneagram and say, wow, man, this is everything in here is true, right? The regards to it. But often there'll be one or two things that says, I'm not really sure this development area is true, but you know, you have to recognize that we're all growing and we're all evolving. And normally many of these tools, the Enneagram, the number you are, they often say earlier in your 20s, you probably most look like you've overused this type. But as you get older with your experiences, some people do that earlier, some people do that later, 
they evolve because they recognize that being just one type of person is so narrow. It's when you widen yourself up and grow through others and other experiences that you become a more impactful human. You know, and using these tools gives everyone insight to each other and, and uh, you know, knowledge is powerful. It really is. And, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, another, you have an understanding about what's going on. Yeah. And you know what? Knowledge itself is powerful, but knowledge is beautiful when you become curious about it and when you, and when you're open to exploring each other and, and what each other bring and you're honest with, you know what, when you do this drives me crazy, you know, like you're a more detail oriented guy. You'll sometimes get into stuff and you'll get so excited about something and you, you know, with me, I'll, you'll lose me after about five minutes. But you know what? You do get that glazed over look occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love listening to you because I know you've gone and done the research. I know that you're someone who really dives deep and likes to in- investigate it a little bit deeper than I do. I like facts, but not as much as you. But but knowing that, knowing that my glazy eyes will go over and uh, um, uh, I hold on and I always get gifts. Equally, I could be shooting off one way or another and you, I, I could lose you. But you know, sometimes where I shoot off, it will take us to a really interesting place. So, well, I think this this podcast is an example of that. Uh, it's not as detailed as I would probably want it, and it's it's open enough. The structure that we've created that we go to wherever we go, which kind of feeds into your side. And you know, you and I have discussed why we like this this podcast and what we think makes it work. What's the magic sauce? Well, it's the it's the combination of our of the way that we approach this. Right? Like, there's a structure because I can't. Dude, I can't live without a structure, but the structure is open enough that we can go wherever we need to in the conversation, which is more towards your side. I love that because I always, yeah, because I need somewhat of a structure, but too much would just just take the light off of me, right, out of me. And uh, so I love it. Like, folks, Alistair creates all the frameworks. Uh, we do have the the prep meetings and we talk about ideas and concepts, but for, uh, Alistair pulls it all together and then we play within it. It's like Alistair builds the sandbox and then we get to make what we do within the sandbox. Yeah, somebody asked, you guys must be writing forever. No, we're not, we don't at all. <laughs> As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. The feelings you're experiencing within the workplace are real. If you're frustrated, if you don't know how to relate to your boss, if, if things just seem uh, unsettled, those are real feelings and there's nothing wrong with having those feelings. It's just uh, you know, taking the steps to move on. Yeah, and you know what? I've done a lot. We've talked a lot about this on the last couple of uh, podcasts and I'm probably talking every day to people about this is that uh, feelings and emotions are important things to declare. Um and investigate a little bit and then let them go because, I mean, they can also overcome you. I'm, there's a couple of um, uh, quick things I'm, uh, uh, not podcasts, but little minutes, safe brain minutes that I'm putting out this, the next few weeks on the self-critics and how the emotions can take you over. And to your point, what you're feeling is real. Uh, and the more we can learn to actually pause, acknowledge it, and sometimes declare it. You know, I think on the last podcast, we talked about the three unarguable uh, um, conversations. One of them is, I feel, I feel frustrated. I feel excited. I feel angry. But being able to declare that and then investigating, so what's behind why I'm feeling what I'm feeling? Hmm. Anything to learn here? Hmm. 
yeah, okay, then I'm going to let it go. The more we can do that, the more powerful it will be. Uh, and then one of the things you could do is the next point is know how your your coworkers uh, work and deal with the issues that are important. In the earlier one, we talked about managers taking the lead on doing these things and suggesting these things. I've been in so many situations where uh, a team member has said, hey, you know, I was at this um, team that I'm a part of, or maybe in your faith organization or whatever, and we were doing this thing. Or maybe our family got together. If you're a weird family like the Smith family, where at Christmas, where everybody else is singing Christmas carols, the Smith families are doing Myers-Briggs and Colby and that type of thing. Okay, we're a weird family. But... We all have weird families. It's okay. That's <laughs> yeah. normal. It's normal. Thanks. Thanks. But bring your ideas in because and, – and or just say, hey, I did this thing on the weekend and what I discovered is that I am this. And I think that's true. What, what do you think? Have that conversation. It doesn't have to start with the leader and often it bubbles up from someone who's passionate and sets the example of self-learning and a desire to learn from others. So you guys don't sit around and talk about audio editing at your house? <laughs> no, that's, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. We do. Yeah, really. It's so funny. But, but you're right. And it, it kind of, what you just said encompasses a, a couple of the, uh, uh, the next points. You know, using tools can give us insight into our coworkers. We are all different. And if we have the opportunity to work through, say we're going to be working together on a project for two years and maybe we're thrown together or maybe, you know, the opposite. We have some history. Uh, working through this as kind of preparatory to to getting together to do that, it might be a good idea, especially, you know, if you sense that, you know what, you know, things are a little loose here and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of stress. Maybe we should, you know, spend a day or two and, and get uh, debriefed on it as well and just let's go through this so we have a better understanding. Yeah, you know what, because we all make stories up in our head and usually the stories are based upon something we're sensing receiving, interpreting from the person in front of us. And that can create so much fog. And uh, so in any new team that I'm a part of, any new project team that I'm assembling, I will, also, I will always include one of these or other tools just to deepen self-awareness. What's important to you? I, I do, there's a values exercise I do that's uh, called the real deal that's free. And it just helps people identify what their values are and what are the different values are and what does that mean for us all? These are all great things because what they do is they allow you to deepen awareness, which greater awareness allows greater forgiveness and you give someone a little bit more space. So if I know Alistair is, yeah, more detail oriented and he's going to ask more questions, I understand that he's doing that to better prepare himself to contribute into the oh, thing. Because I hate you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But but our interpretation is he's doing that on purpose. If I don't know you, if I haven't deepened my knowledge and awareness of you, I don't know. So the only thing I compare you to is the last person that I work with that was like that. We had a bad relationship and therefore I blend in. And then I must be bad. Then you must be bad. Well, it's dumb, right? But but it's what happens. We have these biases that stick up in our heads. And the more through tools like this we can uncover the biases and understand and fill the bridges, boy, it makes it so much better. And this just allows us to be a little bit more thoughtful and caring towards the other people on our team. Oh, my goodness gracious. It does. It does. It's that forgiveness. It's that compassion. It's that understanding. And it's also often we'll find that there are common themes that we have. 
oh, really? You actually believe that? You value that? You think that? You approach it that way? I didn't know you did that. And so all of a sudden we find bridges that we have more alike than we have differences. Imagine what happens if you have a conversation and do a couple exercises together. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wrap up. Although this entire episode seems to be a wrap up, uh, let's do a wrap up. Yeah. You know what? I have a number of folks that have said, oh, gee, we're doing an assessment. We're doing a tool. Give me another a one. Another one because there are lots, right? And um, I would just say, first of all, give it a chance. Um, might not all resonate, but there always is gifts in everything. And just be open to it. Reflect upon it. Choose to pick what resonates and what doesn't. Um, and then make a plan to move forward. You know, in, in my book, I talk about a phase of growth. Personal growth is knowing, um, growing, uh, letting go, and showing up. So knowing is doing work like this, digging down to see who I am, what makes you tick, uh, what others uh, uh, ticks. Um, growing is a commitment to once you know, this is a growth edge that I want to strengthen. This is a strength that I want to do even more of and making a commitment to growing. Letting go is, as I begin to understand myself and others, dropping those biases, letting go of the critic things that bubble in my head that often these tools really help bubble up, and then showing up is choosing to intentionally leverage what I've discovered on a day-to-day -day business and going forward. So knowing, growing, letting go, and showing up is a beautiful, simple pathway to take insights from these kinds of things that will strengthen you as an individual, strengthen you in your relationships, and, and also as a total team. I think it's funny, like if, if somebody's thinking about taking one of these tools, there's probably a deep down reason why you think you should take one of these mm. tools, you and the group you're gonna work with, or at least yourself, right? And I think, you know, so often people get this thing in their mind and basically it's something inside them giving them the nudge. If you're even thinking of this, you should probably do it because there's probably a reason and whether it's a, a subconscious thing or whatever, I think you should just do it. And I think, Greg, you know, I've had a lot of changes in the last, uh, let's say, 10 years, uh, you know, taking over different teams, working in different scenarios, transition, going to a bunch of places, doing contracts and stuff like this. And what I've appreciated from my experience from doing some of these and uh, doing a series of them, I, we did another version of kind of this thing in a, in a leadership uh, development course I was in. And uh, is similar probably to Colby into the Enneagram, but a little bit different. Um, and I said the name to you once, I can't remember. It had discs. They talked about discs. So I don't know. I can't remember what the, the actual proprietary name of this program was. But what I found from those experiences and just the amount of change I've, I've probably had in the last 10 years, I'm trying to count out how many teams I've been in charge of and groups of people and stuff. And it's a lot, Greg. What I found is that getting to know each other is so important. And so... I have no qualms about putting a little bit of myself out there. So as people get to know me, they understand me a little bit better. And, and uh, I just think it, it's, it's healthier than just sitting there like a, a potato in an office and not saying anything and not doing anything and just, you know, initialing pieces of paper and signing stuff. And, and so that experience to me, that's why I appreciate these things. I mean, I'm not going to do one all the time, but I think it's really, it's been helpful to me as I've gone through this journey over the last 10 years or so. So I think it's a good thing. And, and really, if you are thinking about it, maybe you should just do it. it it's, it's one of those things I've learned uh, 
with experience that if something's nagging at me, there's probably a reason why it's nagging at me and I should probably just put up and do it. So I, I think folks, I mean, it's so important that we work well together, that we care about what gets done. And you know what? Even if you don't like the other person, you still got to work with them. Like often we do not have a choice in these things. And and maybe you're working with a really good friend, which is also really complicated, right? Uh, so I think anything that we can use to help facilitate what we're doing, uh, communicating, getting along and just getting stuff done. I think we've all been in really good situations and we've all been in really bad situations. And any knowledge to help us navigate that, deal with that, uh, you know, deal with this stress and the anxiety, you know, knowing a little bit of stuff to help you out is not a bad thing. I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff these days around being resilient and burnout and being able to be more fluid in this massive changing world. And I would strongly suggest that the greater self-awareness allows you deeper information on how to respond in those quick changing up and down. And I don't know about you, but the things that get me most in trouble are my highs and my lows. And what self-awareness allows you to do is just recognize it before you get too high or recognize it before you get too low. And boy, that solves a lot of uh, angst, uh, both emotional angst and also getting yourself into trouble. So I would Highly recommend it as well, and and you know what? If you don't have any, if you, if it's expense that's the issues, I mean, you know what? Uh, Enneagram is probably the most expensive one of these types. Uh, EQI is the next, and then Colby. But there are also some free ones that you can start with, and they're not perfect. They're not as reliable, but if they provide again a platform for dialogue and awareness, the, that's a great starting point. I agree. Um... Listen, folks, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything you found offensive or it made you really angry. But, Greg, um, your philosophy, I think, uh, lends well in this. Yeah, we always end the show with a, a great insight that was first brought to me by my first coach. And uh, she shared that in our sessions together, there were times when I was going to feel crunchy and angsty and maybe even angry, frustrated. And there are times when I was going to feel joyful and excited. And the first angsty stuff is when normally occurs when I hear something or recognize an opportunity that I still haven't addressed or need to address further. Uh, and, uh, and joy often comes from the things that I, you know, when I see I'm making traction. But in both circumstances, these are powerful opportunities for growth and learning. And it's what we decide to do with those things that will help us uh, really move forward. So we hope that in today's session, there might have been stuff that you disagreed with and got you crunchy, and that's okay. But just hold on to it a little bit and reflect, is there anything in there for you to grow and learn? And we also hope there's lots of joy that you can recognize things that you're making traction and growing and becoming a fuller human and uh, a greater impact on the world. So I had forgotten to look at my phone. So while you were talking, I went and grabbed my phone to see if we had a shout out. Yes. <laughs> so I just let everybody know, I've actually sent an email to the platform and said, listen, can I just have one list one time of all the cities that are listening to us? Because we're limited by 50. Yeah. And so we, the, the top 50 are very loyal to us. So it's hard to see anybody that might be lower down that's just sampling us or auditing us or whatever. And, uh, I'm just going to flip to another screen here because I think I found one that we haven't talked about. And I, I think it's really important that we, that we, um, uh, recognize them and I'm just calling it up right now. Um, I got to tell you, Ashburn and Columbia, Columbus, huge, 
huge contributors. Like they, they listen to us all the time. That's so great. Yeah. So where did I put it here? Oh my goodness. Norberg. I don't think I've said that name before. Norberg. I don't even know where it is. I'll look it up later, but uh, I, have no, I don't know where that is. Well, but uh, Norberg, welcome to the club. Awesome, that is great. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the list, and like the top five or six are just so powerful. We have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of downloads at some of these places. It's it's really cool. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, often it's you know what we find sometimes is that, uh, and I, we'd encourage this too that uh, take one of these topics. Listen to one of the podcasts together and then have your own dialogue. What experience are you having? What ideas do you have? Because most of our episodes are based upon a specific topic that is universal and happens in all workplaces. So one of the ways that we're hearing folks are doing this is just, hey, listen to this podcast and then let's just have a dialogue. What, what resonates is true for you in that? What other ideas do you have about that? Tap into it. And we would love more more dialogues happening as a result of this. And one of the things you and I talked about off uh, off the mic one day was uh, there. This will be number ninety nine, and there's a lot of episodes. And if you're this is your first time taking a look at us, and you're looking at our catalog right now, you're going, "Oh my goodness, where do I start?" And I think people, you know, what just think of a topic and and. You know what's what's resonating with you right now? Just you know, all the all the episodes have a, a brief description about what we're talking about, or just give us an email if there's something in particular you're looking for and you, you can't see it. You know, I appreciate that there's a huge body of work that we that we've created here, and uh, uh, I think next week's going to be episode 100. So you and wow. I are going to have to start talking about how to uh, what that's going to entail. So uh, uh, I think I think uh, I got some ideas, and I'm going to send them over to Greg and ask for his input. But uh, yeah, you know what? I can. See it's daunting. Like this isn't a 12 episode podcast series. This is you know this is number 99. And uh, listen, take your time, think about what's on your mind, what's on your heart, and take a look through those descriptions. Uh, sometimes we're a little coy with them and we're messing around a little bit, but you know what, if there's any problems, just, uh, reach out to us, talking, not ranting at gmail.com, send us an email and we can point you in the right direction. There is a lot. And sometimes when we're talking about something, I'm thinking, oh, we've done this once before, but I can't even remember the topic. I know which number it was and stuff like that. So folks, we appreciate you, uh, continuing to listen to us. And, and, uh, our conversation, I just hope you're having a good conversation with somebody too. And, you know, if one of these, uh, podcasts facilitates that conversation between the two of you or a group of you, that's really good as well. Mm -hmm. Anything else, my friend? I don't think so. Close us out. Close us out. All right, folks. Remember, take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.